Garrett Whitlock struggles in his season debut against the Rays. Is it time to panic? You are locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome you back into the Lockdown Red Sox podcast. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I'm your host, Jake Anzuski, and here, as always, with my co-host, Nessens, Lauren Willand. And it's a tough day for the people who are riding for Garrett Whitlock to be the starter. And then people who want Garrett Whitlock in the bullpen are having a little bit of a parade. But in my mind, it's one start. He, he struggled a little bit, went five innings, allowed eight hits, five earned runs, struck out five, but he did allow three home runs. Ultimately, looked a little bit shaky, but you're going against a really good Rays lineup. That's the thing, and I know that I've said I want Garrett Whitlock in the bullpen, and I am willing to give him an honest shot as a starter, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to sit here and hit the panic button. I mean, we've seen many of these starters struggle their first time, and it's he's still recovering from the hip surgery. He's probably not 100, 110%. And you did see some good things from there. Sure, the back-to-back home runs stunk three total. Definitely is not what you want to see. But there were still good things to take from this start. And, you know, if he's three, four, five starts in and he's still doing this, yes, okay, then we need to reevaluate where he belongs mm-hmm. in this rotation. But after one start, it's like Chris Sale. It's like Corey Kluber, Cutter Crawford, who – insert starter here I'm not going to sit here and say that's it he belongs in the bullpen I mean we know how I feel about that (laughs) but it's I mean you can't expect the world from him in the first start yes you wanted more yes you wanted a a better cleaner start but that's why there's start number two in the next Mm -hmm. five days Exactly. And, you know, the one thing that I think was the positive out of this is he was throwing strikes. You know, he made 85 pitches, 62 of them were strikes. And, you know, we we saw a little bit in his early starts last season, he he struggled, you know, throwing walks. And um, that was one of the biggest things that, you know, Dave Bush, the pitching coach said, he's he's like, you know, he threw strikes, but, you know, he he went up against, you know, a tough lineup. But I think he's ready to pitch in the big leagues. And, you know, the, the home run ball, looking at some of the pitches that he allowed home runs off of, they, they weren't you know, pitches where you were like, oh, yeah, that that's 100% a home run. You know, the the one to Yandy Diaz, yeah, that was up in the zone. Yeah. You know, maybe you shouldn't have thrown it up there. But the one to Brandon Lowe, that was down in the zone, you know, closer to where his knees were. And he's just a good enough hitter to be able to muscle that off and get over the fence. And, you know, we saw him in his Worcester rehab start. He, he allowed a home run. And, you know, maybe it's, you know, him getting his, his – pinpoint control down and more trying to fool the batters rather than, you know, putting it in a place where, you know, they, they can muscle balls off of them. Cause you know, he did allow eight hits or so. So, you know, that's one thing that, you know, he, he's definitely got to improve upon. 100%. And, you know, we're not going to sit here and overanalyze one start, but there are things that he needs to improve on right away. So we don't have to go in and overanalyze the next start. And, You know, I agree with Dave Bush. I I think that, of course, he's ready to pitch in the majors. We saw that last year in a different role, but we saw that he where he can be super duper effective Mm -hmm. and be a a solid pitcher for this team. I really hope that that can translate into a starting role. I want him to be able to succeed and I want the Red Sox to have that depth, especially. I mean, the offense has been silenced the last two games, but you can look at this pitching and be like, okay, 
there are there's still some positives to this team to this series but overall Whitlock just needs to take the next few days look over what went wrong work closely with Dave Bush and right those wrongs we know it can happen we've seen it with several other pitchers and again it's it's the first start there's going to be kinks to work out and now it's just mm-hmm. on Whitlock to work those out Right. And, you know, his message after the game was he said, you know, obviously not the way I wanted it to go, but at least, uh, you know, it's good to be back a part of the team again. I I think that's what, you know, probably a lot of players in the clubhouse are feeling is just getting guys back to being healthy and starting to get the full squad back together again, especially the rotation. And and then, you know, guys will have their defined roles and then hit the ground running. And, you know, I I think, you know, especially with what we saw with Bayo, which – we're going to speak more about uh, in our second segment in, in his rehab start with the Woo Sox. Like that, that, that was a nice positive. But, you know, I think another positive outside of, you know, Whit- Whitlock's start, you know, sort of putting a dagger in things uh, is Connor Wong throughout two runners stealing. That was the first time the Red Sox catcher has, has caught a runner stealing in the first 10 games so far. That's definitely a positive. It, it is a positive. I wish we'd see more from him at the plate because it's just like – what is going on at the plate with Connor Wong? And yes, he's he's still young. There's probably a lot to work out in his first major league season, as presumably first full major league season. Mm-hmm. But with how the runners were running all over Reese McGuire this this season so far, we saw it a lot throughout the series with the Orioles and the Pirates. It was nice to finally see the the, the Red Sox figure out that oh, how to throw runners out, and hopefully Reese McGuire now can do that because we can't have runners running all over the team like this. And that was definitely positive to see. And it was good that they weren't, I mean, it was a seven, two game, right? So it's like at that point, did it even really matter no. who was scoring, who wasn't, but it was still good to keep those guys off the base path and to see that kind of defensive ability from the catcher that we really haven't been able to see from McGuire early mm-hmm. on in the season, but now we just need Wong to step up that offense. Right. And, you know, especially for Wong, uh, I think, you know, the, these first, two months are really vital for him to show that he belongs because, you know, Alforo in March, or, or excuse me, at the beginning of June, you know, he, that's his, that's his first minor league opt out. And so uh, he either has the opportunity to, you know, look for more opportunities or the Red Sox got to give him, him an opportunity at, at, in the big leagues. But, you know, I, I think, especially in the, in this first month, you got to evaluate, you know, would you rather take Wong's defense like you saw with those two runners thrown out or, you know, take Alforo's offense because, you know, I, I don't think, you know, if Alforo was behind the plate in this game, he would have come anywhere close to throwing out either of those runners because the balls that, you know, Wong put were pinpoint right in front of the bag. And it was really difficult for, you know, you know, a runner to not get thrown out, you know, especially with where he was throwing it. And, you know, even the Randy Rosarena one, like it was, it was, uh, you know, lo- looked at on replay and it was, it was a bang, bang play, but, it, it, it wouldn't have been bang bang if Wong didn't make that throw. So I think, you know, I agree. He's definitely got to step up the offense, but you know, he's not alone. You know, Christian Christian Arroyo. I, I don't know where he's been at the plate. You know, Justin Turner Kike as well. Hernandez. And, you know, Kiki Hernandez. And you know, the other thing too with that, why why was he in the leadoff spot like that? I don't understand it. I've never seen that be like a tactic to sort of you know be a spark plug for a guy to get out of a slump. I don't necessarily think it was that. I think it was who the pitcher who was on the mound, and that was kind of Cora's plan. I, I don't – I mean, I don't – I wasn't there. I wasn't talking to Cora. I don't make these lineup decisions. But, yeah, it's interesting. You know, Hernandez isn't quite the slump right now, and I don't know if putting him in that leadoff spot will would help. 
I mean, it didn't obviously didn't do anything on Tuesday, but you know, it's it's still very early on in the season. These guys are still getting their legs under them. They're getting the feel for their swing, and it. But it is concerning when you have somebody who is you know not not necessarily the face of the franchise, but has been tabbed as kind of a leader in this clubhouse, struggling as much as he has. I, I think he'll be fine eventually. I think that, you know, when you're making errors at shortstop, you're have, you're struggling defensively. It's kind of all catching up to him being like, I need to do something. And maybe it's just a bunch of overthinking. Um, I will be interesting, interested to see in the lineup today. I know Cora said that there was going to be people who were going to sit and then they have the afternoon game on Thursday. So, and we knew this leadoff position wasn't going to be somebody for 100 games, 162 right. games. We, we knew it was going to be different. But to put someone who's struggling and then goes 0 for 5, it's I was just like, oh, man. Like, just not a yeah. lot is going right for the Red Sox right now. And it's, I mean, there's no reason to panic. But it's just kind of like this is feeling very, very reminiscent of last year. I agree. And, you know, I, I, I get, you know, the the aspect of, you know, switching in and out at the leadoff spot, but especially with how hot, you know, Verdugo's been, I I don't know why you don't just like keep him there, especially against a pitcher like McClanahan. And, you know, especially with Kike uh, has three hits, you know, obviously you mentioned, you know, the five errors. So it's, it's a tough pill to swallow when you see a guy has more errors than he does have hits. And, you know, he, he sort of, you know, spoke with, uh, you know, reporters last night about it and said, you know, when you go over a week without a hit, it's going to be tough at any point in the year, no matter when it is. Just plain and simple, it sucks. I need to be better. I, I actually, I was laughing, you know, when, when I brought this tweet up, somebody, somebody uh, commented in the replies, can we exchange it for JBJ? Oh, <laughs> I thought God. that was hysterical. But I mean, you know, I, I, I think... I'm I'm starting to you know continue to remind myself. I think you know other fans are going to remind themselves. It's it's only been ten games so far. Even though you know it's really nice to have baseball back. Like a week feels like pretty long because we haven't had consistent baseball for a few months or so. And so you know we're starting to overanalyze these very small sample sizes and you know be like, oh my god, is this Kike Hernandez for the rest of the season? No, but like at the same time, yes, he's got to step it up. I think that can be said for a lot of people in this lineup that they need to. They need to step it up. They need to figure out how to get these bats going because, I mean, you had Rafael Devers strike out three times looking once with the bases loaded to open this series. And that game was such a a fun pitcher's duel that he could have just blown that game open right there. They need to start kind of being more aggressive at the plate and not necessarily swinging at everything like we saw last year, but be be patient enough to wait for your pitch, but don't be having the bat way down on your shoulder when there should be a pitch that you should absolutely swing at. So there's a lot, you know, in this, and we we knew this because we knew this lineup wasn't filled with power. And this, I mean, Adam Duvall's injury is already being felt in the immediacy of his absence. So there needs to be that next man up mentality. There's not really a huge power bat in that lineup, right-handed hitters. There's not, there's not a ton there. And this is where the, the next man up mentality needs to come in, where they not don't need to swing for the fences, but they need to put that ball in play. I agree. And, you know, uh, you know, the one thing that I've seen from the bats that has been really intriguing is, you know, their play presence and uh, patience as well. You know, five walks uh, last night. Obviously, you know, they, they struck out 10 times. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's much nicer, you know, when you look at the rest of the box scores throughout the first, you know, 10 games or so or, or nine games outside of this one. Uh, they've done a really good job of just getting on base through the, through the free pass outside of what we saw last season where they were just 
swinging for everything. And, you know, I'd rather have that, uh, or excuse me, I'd rather have more walks rather than, you know, guys swinging for everything. Cause you know, you not only drive up the pitcher's pitch count, but then you also get more ducks in the pond and, you know, that sometimes correlates to more runs, but you got to have those guys in the lineup that are going to be able to drive in those runs. And, you know, we saw the Sox only muster, you know, two runs in this one against the Rays. First run came off of a uh, double play, which I was like, uh, you know, classic Sox. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Reese McGuire ended up uh, driving for Dugo in on the ninth. But uh, ultimately, I, I think, you know, th this is going to be a continuous thing until, you know, Duvall um, ultimately comes back or somebody, you know, becomes the spark plug. You know, so at least somebody in the lineup is going to have to step up and, you know, curious to see who that ultimately is. But, uh, you know, we're going to speak more about uh, Brian Bayo's performance in Worcester uh, and, you know, how excited we are with, with, with how he ultimately did and, you know, talk more about you know what might have gone right or you know potentially gone wrong but before we do that uh, i just want to talk to you about FanDuel. so grand slams no hitters and double plays are back and there's no better place to get in on the mlb action than FanDuel, america's number one sports book that's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up for your first to place your first bet and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. You can do a Rafael Devers home run. You can do different prop hits uh, for, you know, Christian Arroyo, Justin Turner. You know, hope hope and pray that they get hot so then you're ultimately able to win those. But no matter what, don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash logged on to sign up. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. So despite, you know, Whitlock struggling in his season debut in the majors, it was nice to see Brian Bayo in his first rehab assignment with an affiliate do a great job. Win six innings, uh, only allowed four hits, one earned run, zero walks, four strikeouts. And, you know, I think the biggest conversation that we had prior to this start was how long was he going to go and how many pitches was he going to make? And you know, we threw 81 and 50 of those were strikes. Yeah, it was definitely very, very encouraging to see, especially in his first rehab start. He had that forearm tightness. When when you hear forearm tightness, you just kind of start to think the worst, that he's just going to go downhill from here. But it was very, very positive, a very strong outing for him. And hopefully on Wednesday he feels better or feels fine. He doesn't have any kind of lingering soreness, tightness, and that he can either join the Red Sox or have another rehab start to continue to stay stretched out and just kind of get that arm where it needs to be. But I was very encouraged. I was very, very optimistic uh, going into the start just because he's he's Brian Bale. We know that he's definitely going to be a huge part of this rotation. And to see that he came out strong, he controlled the, the strike zone, he controlled his pitches and went into the sixth through, through a lot of pitches, a lot more than what I was expecting. So just overall very, very positive. And I think Red Sox fans should – be excited about it. Again, it's one start, much like you know Garrett Whitlock and the Chris Sales and the Corey Kluber's. We're not going to read too, too much into it, but it's still a very good step in the right direction for Bayo and for this Red Sox rotation, which doesn't need a whole lot of help. They haven't been the, the, the big kryptonite of this of this team so far, but it's just if you're going to add him to that rotation and if he's going to do what he did on Tuesday, then he's going to be very dangerous this year. I think especially when you look at his, his ability to go six innings, because, uh, I mean, that's going to be vital for, uh, you know, this Red Sox bullpen, especially, you know, being, being able to make sure that you know, they aren't overused with, you know, 
different guys in the rotation not being able to go the full length. But, uh, you know, looking at his game logs, I mean, he only went six innings twice uh, last season against the Rangers and then against the Yankees. And, you know, obviously this is a minorly rehab start. You know, he's, he's not pitching against major league competition, but at the same time, your first Philly rehab start, it's nice to see him, you know, go six innings rather than four. And, you know, also, you know, some other positive stats that came out of it. Uh, nine of his 18 outs were recorded by uh, ground outs. And then three of his four strikeouts came on sliders. And then the other thing that I think is really intriguing, and, you know, this is a pitch that we've seen Josh Winkowski have a lot of success with. And, you know, it's nice to see Bayo, uh, you know, continuing to have sex, success with it as well. Uh, reached 97 miles per hour with his sinker. So, Definitely, it seems like a lot of his pitches are where they essentially should be for him to be fully healthy to be back on the, on the major league roster. Yeah, and like I said, it's an, it's an exciting time for this for this team, for this rotation. And like you said, no, it's not major league baseball competition, but it is competition that he's been used to. He spent a lot of time in, the, obviously, the minors last year before being called up to the Red Sox. And it was just overall, I just think there's a lot of positives to take from that start and a lot of positives to look forward to. Um, especially, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe a pitcher can be the spark plug to this team. I don't know. I mean, we saw Nick Pavetta and not, and the, not getting the run support, but we have seen that sometimes maybe just a pitcher can come in and kind of set the tone and the offense follows. I don't know. Stranger things have happened. I agree. And you, you know, especially, you know, with potentially Paxton uh, doing another rehab start very soon, curious to see when that ultimately is scheduled. Uh, but you know, with, with all these guys coming back, I mean, it just helps you feel a little bit more secure about this, you know, Red Sox pitching staff. As you mentioned, it hasn't been particularly the, the Achilles heel. It's sort of interesting. You know, I, I think a lot of Red Sox fans would resonate with this. You know, it's either the pitching that's doing well and the bats aren't going well or it's the other way around. And it's crazy to think, you know, in the first five games, it was the pitching that wasn't doing well and the offense was on fire. And then snap of a finger, it just flips right over. So it would be really nice when, you know, both are simultaneously – uh, you know, working very well for the Red Sox. But, you know, all we can do is hope and pray that ultimately happens very, very soon. And, you know, they, they continue to, you know, try and figure figure out ways to score runs without Duvall in the lineup because, you know, the, the schedule isn't getting getting any easier. You know, they got one more game left against the Rays and then, uh, you know, it gets it gets even harder after that. Uh, you know, you know, Joey Capone and I sort of spoke about like this gauntlet of, of a schedule that they got uh after they ultimately face the Rays. And, you, you know, I, I think this is one thing that, you know, we spoke about a lot during the offseason. They got, they got to be hot, you know, to start April. And, you know, they haven't generally been very hot, you know, in the past few years. But, uh, you know, especially getting the, that momentum to begin the season is super important. And it starts today, right? I mean, you can always say it starts today. They still have the chance to tie the series with the Rays. And they can do that, obviously, by just going in there starting strong and putting putting runs putting runs on the board, getting those runners across home plate, putting that ball in play. And the yeah, it doesn't get easier. Then you have Otani coming to pitch against you and it's like great. Like this is it's it doesn't get easier, like you said. And you know, it's yes, the Rays have had an easier start to their schedule, but they still had they still won these games. They're still finding ways to win those games. And now the Red Sox, they they have to do it. They I mean it's easy for us to sit here and say, you have to win because it's much easier said than done. But you know, they have two more games against the Rays. Then you have the Angels, and then you have the Brewers and the Twins. And these are the, 
start setting the tone right now. You had mm-hmm. it against the Tigers. You had that momentum. We saw that momentum carry into the first game against the Rays. So we know that they can hold the Rays to one run. They know that they can pitch well against them. Do it today and then do it again tomorrow and then do it again against your next series and your next series and your next series. Well, you know, in this next game, Chris Sale is going to be on the bump and we're going to preview more of this game today uh, in our next segment. But before we do that, Lauren just wants to talk to you about pro baseball GM. I absolutely love this game. And honestly, I thought that I could probably manage a professional baseball franchise it turns out it's really not all that easy and if you've had that same thought maybe you fantasized about managing your own franchise go and download pro baseball gm immediately if you're watching on youtube just scan that qr code this game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise you play through seasons you lead your franchise and your fans to glory as you build a hopefully historic dynasty i haven't had that much luck but fall down seven times, stand up eight, or whatever they say. In the simulation, you are responsible for hiring and hiring the right coaches and the staff. You manage the team finances. You scout and you draft players. You manage through the difficult personality. So you kind of have to find out who's that clubhouse cancer, who's not gelling with the rest of the players. Of course, there's injuries that you have to deal with. You navigate your franchise through, through free agency, all of the ups and downs of a season, much like the Red Sox are going through this year, last year, and even the year before that. But in this challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Baseball GM, it's completely free. It's playable offline, so you don't need to be connected to Wi-Fi. You can play on the go as you want, when you want to. A bunch of us play uh, Unlocked on MLB. A lot of us have our own franchises. Some of us are better than others. Some of us can't get out of our own way. Me, some of us are doing much better. But if you want to join us, download the game. Find us and we will play against you. Spoiler alert, you're probably going to be better than me. But Locked On Red Sox listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check that out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com. Scan the barcode if you are watching on YouTube or look it up right in any of your app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. So on the bump for game three of the Rays series, Chris Sale for the Red Sox, and then the Rays, their number one prospect, Taj Bradley, is going to be making his debut. And let's start off with Sale. I mean, he really bounced back uh, after starting against the Tigers, you know, allowed four hits over three earned runs, struck out seven, you know, and, you know, it, it was it was a good bounce back after sort of, blowing up against the Orioles allowing seven earned runs but you know one thing to you know sort of point out it's it's not like it's been two or three years since Sale has has pitched against the Rays so I guess that's a plus you know we, we saw him do very well uh in, in his first start of the 2022 season against the Rays prior to when he got his his pinky blown off against the Yankees but he, he went five innings allowed three hits struck out five uh on on July 12th of last year so ho- Hopefully, you know, he's able to sort of replicate in that in some way, shape or form. But this is a much different raised lineup, a, a more hot raised lineup. And, you know, th- he's not going against the Tigers anymore. So he's really got to step up and, you know, be able to be a primetime player w- when it really matters against some of these tough lineups. Hopefully he can take the, the momentum that he had from his last outing and throw that into this one and kind of bounce back from his bounce back start and just kind of set the tone for the rest of the series. I think that's kind of the theme of this episode, right? Setting the tone. So he can go out there. He can, I mean, it's in his control. And we know that obviously Chris Sale, we know the work ethic. We know that he's probably made some changes from his last outing against the Tigers. And he needs to go out there. And what he does not 
need to do is walk the first two batters. You want to keep the men off those base paths, control the strike zone, locate your pitches, have that good conversation and that good chemistry with your catcher. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be a big start for sale. It's weird saying that the, his third start of the season and like the 12th game of the year, but this is a, a big start for sale. He can go out there and he can, you know, prove that not necessarily that he's back, but that he can be here and be this, not even the ace of the staff, but be this serviceable pitcher, be the reliable pitcher that we know him to be. So, and that we know that he can be. So really big start for sale on the mound Wednesday. And hopefully we see, hopefully we see more vintage sale than we have seen a recent sale. I hope so. And, you know, he's going, he's going to be going up against a rookie and, you know, I, I in Taj Bradley. And I, I think that this is, uh, sort of a test for the Sox lineup. You know, you, you've never seen this guy before, so you don't 100% know what you're getting outside of, you know, what you've maybe seen or, or gotten filmed from uh, from the starts in AAA or, or last season in AAA and AA. But uh, I, I think, you know, you really got to take advantage of his inexperience in the majors, uh, you know, do everything you can to get him as uncomfortable as possible in his debut. But, you know, he's number one prospect for, for the Rays for a reason. And, you know, so far in AAA, he made two starts, uh, you know, combined seven innings, allowed six hits, four earned runs, struck out eight. But, you know, last season between double A AA and triple uh, A mustered a uh, 257 ERA over 28 starts. And so very good pitcher. Curious to see sort of uh, what he's going to bring in, in, you know, if sort of those debut jitters get to him. Yeah, I mean, you said it best they have to make him uncomfortable and they have to do that right away this is a, a rookie pitcher who they haven't seen before who he hasn't seen before this lineup so now it's time for the red sox to jump all over him do it early and often make him work make him throw pitches do not make it easy on him and this lineup has the potential to do that but they need to do it from the jump they can't be trying to play catch up in the third inning right i, I think you know something that we talked about earlier with with that play patience be as patient as possible, you know, even though in his past stats, he hasn't thrown a ton of walks. We know, especially with these younger pitchers, when they get in the bright lights, there's times where their control gets away from them. And, you know, the, the pressure really gets to him and that correlates to you know, walks. And especially if you're able to drive his pitch count up, you know, that makes him even more nervous. That gets, you know, the, the raised bullpen in the game a little bit earlier. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Sometimes it's a good thing. But especially if you're able to get more runners on base than not, uh, you're able to put more pressure on them. And hopefully, you know, score more runs to ultimately correlate to a win. But we'll see how it how it everything shakes out tonight. Uh, but if you want to stay updated with everything that's happening with the Boston Red Sox and you haven't subscribed to Locked On Red Sox yet, make sure to subscribe over on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We post five days a week to keep you updated about everything that's going on with the team, as well as bring on different guests from the community, you know, different reporters. You know, we also had Bobby Dalbeck on uh, last week. We got a lot more uh, player interviews coming up as well. So make sure to subscribe. And we also want to thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. And make your second listen and check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube. Also, make sure to follow Locked On Red Sox over on Twitter. It's LO underscore Red Sox. Myself, it's at Jake Iggy. And also, Lauren, it's La La La. Three laws, Lauren with four R's. But as always, we greatly appreciate everybody tuning in. Hope that everybody has a great rest of their day. And I'm, I'm going to keep this into the ending. We'll, we'll see how long, how long it is. But uh, keep the faith. Stay positive. Let's go, Sox. Peace.